LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hannum. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel centre ministry every week. So, Derek, can you tell me the first time that you gave to something and, you know, you kind of remember it costing, you know, it hurting? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I remember supporting uh, friends when they first did MTS uh, in ministry. I think they were the things that that first come to mind, actually. Um, Hurting. That's an interesting question. I've got a funny story. I've got a funny story. Okay. Because you know, you know the paintings in my house? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I bought these two paintings, and I bought them just after we finished college. So we finished college, and like we had no money left. We, we had a baby in our first year. It's going to be a long story, Tom. So get ready to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had no money. We, I can remember us getting secondhand furniture off the side of the road, and we, you know, we'd do that up, and my sister gave me this beaten old couch that she got. Anyway, we had no money. But we had some friends who were going over to Indonesia, and he was an artist, uh, the Sutherlands. And uh, and and we decided. I decided. Well, I decided apparently because Natalie said it wasn't the most wisest financial decision. I decided to buy some of their artworks. So I bought these three paintings. I think it was like two or three thousand dollars. Anyway, I think it was everything that we had in the bank. And uh, and uh, and Natalie just was like Natalie. Just only the other day, like it's twenty. It's you know close to twenty years after we bought these things. And she's like talking to the kids about. It. She goes, I don't like. I don't know why I bought them. We had no money, and I and and thinking back, and I was like, we were going to get money in a month. I got a job. I was going to get a paycheck. We had a house. It was all going to be fine, um, and, and we were sorted. But it was just, it was an interesting moment where you know we hadn't communicated, and that sort of twenty years looking back said, I don't think that was a wise decision to go and spend a lot of money on some paintings that really weren't going to add to anything. And can I add, it's still a slight sore point because I was over for dinner the other night, admired the paintings, <laughs> and there was a slight groan from Nat uh, as I was asking oh, I think she likes from. the paintings now. Yeah, anyway, okay. good. The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Reach Australia. We're aiming for thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches, and we want to see uh, church leaders and their teams thriving in ministry. That's a at the core of what we do. We also want to see that for new churches and for established churches. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing. My church is behind budget. Oh, clickbait. <laughs> clickbait. Anyway, this is the second part of a three-peat three series. A three-part series even. That's what uh, we're doing today. The first uh, part, if you want to go back and listen to it, it'd be helpful, talking about inspiring generosity. Just thinking through how and why we talk uh, to our congregation, things which I'm sure uh, many people listening will already have thought through, uh, but it's good to be reminded of. But we're pushing on to uh, today to talk a little bit about um, how we think through uh, the situation where our church is behind budget. Uh, it may even be a situation as well where we're looking to grow, we're looking to bring people on, and uh, how it is we, we talk and approach that question. So... We're going to be using a clip from uh, Andrew Hurd, who's the pastor at EV Church, to get the conversation going. Uh, We titled this episode, as I facetiously said before, it's clickbait, my church is behind budget, Um, which is, you know, for a lot of people, you know, that has been the experience and it is a constant worry uh, in a church. Uh, So the very first thing that we'd love to point you to 
as you think about this, is this theological truth that God is in control of all things. As I've, I've heard a number of people say, uh, and as the Bible says consistently, uh, God owns all resources, everything is his. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he is much more committed to the health of his churches and to resourcing them and what they need in order to reach and mature his people. Uh, so this is God's church. It is his world. He can do so much more. Um, but Scott, now where, where would you start with this? My church is behind budget. Well, I think uh, one of the more unhelpful things that we can do is when we do realise it's behind budget is to implement short-term fixes. Uh, that's why in the first episode in this series, it had a lot of theology. Um, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and do that. In the next episode, we're going to talk about proactively building times into your church calendar where you can talk about giving. But to get us started on today's episode, we got a clip from Andrew Hurd about encouraging giving and generosity in churches. Let's take a listen. Three Ps. Here we go. I don't normally do. Uh, it, it's, it's always the same in many areas of ministry. It's, it's the preach, pray pattern. And so how do you go about creating a climate and culture of generosity? Uh, you preach for it, you pray for it, you pattern. You live your life modelling. Uh, and so um, preach. Just take the first one. I, I preach for generosity, which means I preach the gospel. He, he would, though rich became poor. Uh, it's the two Corinthians eight and nine. It's the it's the picture of um, salvation that's been won for us by by Christ, so that I'm saved to be saved from living for self, that I might be one who lives for others generously. So it's preach the gospel, preach salvation, and. And, and be praying about that as a culture and pattern it, seek to model it in my own life. I was blessed to have been in a church where the leader of the church was incredibly generous and just spontaneously would give of himself and his funds, his finances, people were in need. He personally would support their needs and so on and didn't make a song and dance about it, but it was the kind of thing that was hard to hide eventually. It was just, you know, his practice around the place. So the preach, preach, pray, and pattern. So preach, pray, pattern. Heard he doesn't often use three Ps, but he did here. What strikes you about that, Derek? <laughs> Why doesn't he just have something against three Ps? Or... Oh, he just he just never goes for those sort of memorable things. I just you know I've yeah. never seen it in his preaching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting. The first thing I thought is that's easy to remember. That's really that is easy to remember. Uh, it's very simple, though, isn't it? It's not complex. It's not a not an eight point strategy uh, for fixing the budget. Um, and again, as we said in the first episode as well, um, it's addressing the fact that this is at its heart a theological, spiritual issue. And so, our role within this question uh, is not merely to build a better Excel spreadsheet in that. Uh, not merely to budget better, although I'm sure at some point those things need to happen. Um, our role as leaders of God's people is to, one, preach the gospel and how it applies to this context and situation. Um, and so that will inspire generosity to pray about it, to bring it before God, who this is his world. Um, and to regularly and, pray about it as well. You know, don't, yeah. don't be unafraid to talk about the needs of the church and, and yeah. the financial needs. Absolutely. And pattern it. I think the patterning of one is the praying and is the actual doing, the giving as well. So I think we need to pattern publicly praying for this stuff and how we pray about it so other people know how to do it, um, but pattern giving as well. Yeah, now it's, it's interesting. The example it chooses is of a, a pastor 
you know, of a church that he went to. You know, he doesn't actually draw attention to himself. I think that's I think that's one of the hard things. And you kind of touched upon that in the first episode. We're, we've got a reluctance to talk about, you know, money because the money's going to somehow come to us. Mm. Um, so we've got to get over ourselves there and realise, actually, I'm part of the church, leading the church. That's my responsibility. And in order to do that, I need to yeah. pay and feed my family. I've been set aside to do that. But we also have to... Um, yeah, I guess one of the things we hate is dr- drawing attention to ourselves. You know, even as I shared that story at the start of the episode, I was I shared in the context of, a ne- you know, it was my wife being <laughs> negative about me giving away money. I didn't draw. I, I was even I'm just thinking I didn't do it to draw attention to myself. Yeah. Uh, but how do you make it just a normal pattern in your life that you are generous? Yeah. Um. And 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 so I think, man, one of the I think one of the key things in that you actually have to personally budget for it as well you know hmm. um you know it's not it doesn't just happen you know if, i think if you if you're not if you don't allow yourself to be generous um you know you actually have to budget and plan for that which sounds weird budget to be spontaneous in your giving or budget to be planning it. but you you do need to think at the start of the year okay how can we actually have enough resource to give away yeah yeah leaving a little bit of fat room in the margins. We'll come back to that one in a second. Uh, when we think about the church being behind budget, though, there's there's lots of kind of issues we need to grapple with. We're going to address a few of them. Um, but how is it a pastor should talk about their own giving publicly? Let's pick up on that. Well, yeah, it, there's there's some differing opinions. So Rod Irvine, in his book, uh, Giving Generously, uh, he actually would argue that you know the pastor, the parish council, the eldership, mm. you know, they, as part of your sort of annual vision series, should actually speak about what they're giving, actually put a number to it and and share it publicly to say, we're actually behind this and we're actually giving to it. And he uses the example of uh, of David in the Old Testament who um, who does just that. Mm. And, I've, and I've seen a number of people sort of, you know, resile, <laughs> resile against that and uh, and push against that. I think it can, uh, I think it'd be quite a powerful thing to say, hey, we're actually, we're actually on board with this and we're actually committing to give to it. I think particularly in a building campaign or or a large campaign, I think it demonstrates, hey, we, we not only have done the work to put together these plans and strategies, but we're actually getting behind it in a significant way mm. as, a, as a staff team as well. Um, but I've also seen it, you know, in some contexts go badly when, you know, it, it, it's been used as a, you know, it, well, it could be used as a, hey, look, look at me. And so I, I think if I, was, if I was to do it in church life, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say, here's how much we're giving. Uh, I'd use it as a big, broad, you know, broad number with a num. You know, where there's a number of people, so you actually can't, you know, go. Oh well, clearly Derek's giving this much. You know, I thought he got. I thought he earned more than that, or he actually's not being that generous. Mm. So I think, um, I think that's helpful. I, I, I think I've heard other pastors talk about how they have, as time has gone on, been able to give more generously, and they're actually actively working towards, you know, doing just that. Mm. Uh, I, I find that encouraging. I find that challenging as well. And so I think working out how and when you say it. I think is is just as important as um, if you say it. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you push back on me? Do you disagree with any of that? No, or? no, no. I don't. Again, I think it, the context does uh, shape what you do here. I think my my rule of thumb was I um, I want people to know I'm as invested in this as I'm asking them to be, um, mm. without actually giving specifics on what was happening. Uh, because I think when you give specifics in that, as you said, it, it, some people. Uh, feel superior, some people feel inadequate. That's not the goal. The goal is for me to say, with what God has given me, I'm partnering with this as well. Now, I've got a whole bunch of other commitments as well, but here's what I'm giving to this. And I want people to know, I'm not just asking you to do something I'm not going to do. And and I've seen it incredibly powerful. As, as yeah, Over the years, raised, raised uh, money, helped church leaders raise money for church plants and other things. 
I found it always particularly encouraging when you've you've kind of looked at a church plant budget and you've gone, I you know I can go to a larger donor and say, I can I know this planter has you know put twenty five percent of their income into this because they you know they want to get it up and up and running or they yeah. put twenty percent in, uh, you know I think I think again that demonstrates that I'm really bought into this thing, mm. this project, uh, and we're in it together. It, it's interesting on that one. Just to go, go off script for a second on this one, it's interesting on that one. At what point do you think? Um, Let's say the pastor is funding fifty percent of a particular ministry substantially. I I wonder whether there's actually a problem with that. You know, they haven't brought any enough people along. They're actually just funding their own vision at that point. I, I do wonder whether there's a question. I have an answer to this. I'm thinking as we go. I do wonder whether there's a question in there for me of um, if you haven't got enough of a consensus or other partners within that kind of ministry, within a church context, there may be a question about whether it's something you should pursue or wait and build a bigger coalition on. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. You notice I didn't say 50 cent. I said 25%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you reckon that's the number, the 20 No, no, I do think, I do, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think, I don't think you, as a pastor, want to be sort of putting up projects and then, uh, and then being the you know the sole financer yeah. of it. Um, yeah. You do want to get that buy-in, you know, um, yeah, mm. you know, in a way. Yeah. Anyway, now we mentioned before that we'll come back to it. Um, we, we're going to come back to it now. Mentioned this idea of leaving room at the margins of of being able to be generous even while being planned for it. Now, there's lots of things within our lives uh, that we need to use our resources for. Like we are called to care for our family, provide for them, uh, to be, provide for our church family as well within that. We are called towards generosity. Um, so how do, you, how do you encourage people to think through priorities and percentages and giving and all those kinds of things? Yeah, and how do you, I mean, how do, you do it in, a, in places like Sydney and Melbourne where you're often spending 50% of your income on rent or on mortgage payments. Hmm. Uh, and we've got a, a culture in a society that, uh, you know, is happy, you know, for us to buy bigger, spend more. So, again, I think it needs to be in the con- – like, again, uh, in the context of discipling someone, um, you know, it has to be around, you know, all of life and, and not just uh, not just one thing. So I think, uh, you know, these are really um, – sensitive areas you know mm. talking about housing and talking about mortgages and uh really complex issues as well because you've got different family backgrounds and they've got different expectations yep. you know one toilet we can't we've got to have more than one toilet uh, and you know that that's often what you what you're talking about so i think um and, and i think even harder is for the city planter or the city church you know the person in the in the city place where housing and, and mortgages are actually you know it's really quite high and really mm. quite expensive and, and often what you know, in, in saying to someone, look, if you really can't afford this, you're actually saying, go, you know, go out, out. And, yeah. uh, and and go to a place where you can actually um, yeah. afford it yeah. or spend the life not actually owning property and, and not even a place and, and renting and, and we want you to sell out for the gospel. So I don't think I can give you one no, <laughs> one no. answer on this. or uh, But I think if they're prioritising the gospel, um, uh, if they're also prioritising, you know, loving their family as well, yeah. You know, there is going to be a, a tension there sometimes. And can I say that I think that not having a clear answer to that one is probably where we need to land because it is so nuanced. Like what if someone says, actually, I really want to invest in this church in the long term. I want to be here with you in order to reach this area. But that's going to require me buying a house, which means my giving might be slightly less for the rest of my life. But I'm committing to being here because that's what it looks like to buy in. Now, I could go out west 
and buy a you know a, a cheaper house um, and give more to church, but I wouldn't be here with you. And so there's a nuance in that that I want to say. It's nothing. You know, we need to approach this from a, a not a pragmatic perspective. How do we get people to give the most? Because that's not the question. It's a spiritual question, and that requires so many other variables. Oh, I think as well, knowing that in a church, in a church, there are people who. Uh, Able to put, are at various life stages where they've actually paid down most of their yeah. mortgage, actually own the house, or you know they're just starting out. <clears throat> so again, just as I'd say with serving in church, uh, you don't want to say that everyone must give ten hours, mm. um, and they must give it in in this format because there are some people who, for whatever circumstances, can't give ten hours. Yep. Or there are other people who can actually give twenty hours. And so realizing that you know in the sort of swings and roundabouts of church life and where you've got with people, there are some people who can be more generous, others who can't, and. Uh, for a time, but I think as a pastor, in talking about money, I think you do need to challenge people mm. with how they're spending it. Now, are we spending too much on our uh, holidays? There you go, I'll push into an area mm. that causes concern. Are we spending too much on um, stuff and things for ourselves? Are we spending too much on our on our house? Um, you know, I think is a is a real area. You know, particularly where I live in Sydney, it's a, it's a real. Uh, you know, it is a spiritual issue. You know, do you really need to spend all that? You know, all that money to um, you know to live there? I, I think practically. You can do an interest-only mortgage for a time. So again, I, I don't want to use myself as an example, but yeah. but when we jumped, made the big jump to a mortgage for the first five years, we paid only interest-only, um, partly so we could continue to be generous. Mm. Now, I only did it for five years. I wouldn't say keep doing interest-only for 30 years because then you're never going to pay your mortgage down. But um, for us, that was really important. And that was partly because we'd seen a whole bunch of our friends buy houses and you know, you'd turn up to the dinner and, and or you wouldn't turn up, to, they wouldn't turn up to dinner because they'd say, oh, we just can't afford it. And we were like, we don't want to not, you know, being able to be generous with people. We want to, don't want to not, you know, um, be able to go to things because we're paying a flipping mortgage, you know. like. Mm. And part of that as well, you arrived, you might have had advice from other people and there were considerations that, that you guys made as, as a family, but you arrived at that decision and you acted on it. And so part of this discussion has to be people need to arrive at their own decision, not me um, uh, manipulating or mandating <laughs> or providing pat solutions which may not work in their, in their context. Um, I think that is really important. Just to get to the ends that we think we want to get to, uh, it needs to be nuanced. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. Some churches here, let me push into another touchy area. Um, some churches may be behind budget because they might be, you know, they might be overstaffed or they might be... Oh, there's so uh, many... Com- there's so many... Com- so they could be overstaffed, um, <laughs> but they they could also have no vision. And so actually, uh, you know, people don't don't want to give to it. So again, thinking just, you know, getting to the details. When you're putting together a budget, you've got the revenue side and you've got, you've got the income side, the revenue side, you've also got the expenses side. So there's two places you can look at it. You might be yeah spending money on the wrong things, and so you're perennially behind budget, and that could be a staffing situation. Uh, you know you might you might be paying too much for you know for rent or for premises uh, for a time. But it could all so there could be on the expense side issues and things you want to push into. But on the revenue side or the income side, actually you might not have been challenging people to give, um, and you might not have done the you know do, do the work and see how much are people giving on average and mm. uh, how much are we earning in our in our local area. But also probably ask yourself the hard questions as as, as a um, as a leader of a church and as a team. Have we talked about money enough? Do we have a vision that people actually you know want to give to you know and a vision that's shared that's credible um, that that inspire you know inspires people that's you know driven by mission. And you know, ask those questions, mm. and 
and they could lead to some answers. I mean, I, I'm a I go in my local church. I'm the treasurer. I'm always having this conversation uh, with my pastor. My pastor's always want to, you know, he's always pushing us to, uh, you know, to increase the giving, you know, the giving budget, um, and to, and to increase it significantly. And so, you know, we want to keep pushing that way. But at the same time, my job as the treasurer often is to be fiscally responsible and to run numbers and go, okay, well, let's have a think about this. So you kind of want to have two or three people mm. kind of pushing back and, and raising things. Mm. But I think as a church leader, as a pastor, you've got to constantly, I think, be pushing the, the reality that there are loads of people going to hell and God's you know, main vehicle for seeing people rescued from death to life is the local church. And so we need to be giving, you know, giving to that ministry to see change lives. And I think when the gospel grips people's heart, what we see is that their resources, their time and their energy and their finances do follow that. Anyway, what just uh, lastly, what are some of the common mistakes that churches make when they're behind budget? I think one of the first things is they wait too long to actually notify to you know talk with their church uh, about it. Uh, so I think um, I think you know your your budget and your cash flow and managing that you know sort of all those sort of financial sort of questions. You know, in many ways, being fiscally responsible is to sort of have two to three months you know cash flow on hand. But being fiscally responsible as well is to be um, having some sort of a way during the course of the year where you're putting that budget in front of people, uh, you're making people aware of the commitment they're making um, as a church. So, you know, if you're in an Anglican, if you're in an Anglican church, if you're in an independent church, if you're in a Presbyterian church, they all have mechanisms where you're actually required to put that in front of a significant part of the church population and at least get assent to it, agreement to it. Uh, and so I would say, you should, you could, in some ways, you should never be behind budget because you're being fiscally responsible. Um, now, there are circumstances, crises, things that happen, um, but always having sort of two, three months cash flow means that you've got time to be able to say, hey guys, if we continue on this trajectory, we're going to have to lay off staff or we're going to have to, um, you know, do less ministry. And this is what it actually looks like. And so if you've got that sort of room to move, you can actually communicate that and get that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so one, not communicating uh, where you're at. Second one is not actually being fiscally responsible and and uh, and and being stewards. Yeah. So spending too much, um, not spending as you budgeted, not doing the planning and the thinking. Mm. Again, so I mean, I'm I'm very thankful for the you know many you know churches I've been a part of. They've had you know wise people um, in those roles, uh, and so you know I think they're they're really critical as well. And I think um, the third thing is. I don't think we do a great job of actually challenging people to be generous. Um, there are so many things competing for our money and our resources, uh, and so I, I actually don't think we challenge people to actually be generous. And uh, and I, and you know, as Hurdy says in his in his talk there, the gospel does that regularly. You know, two Corinthians eight and nine. You know, one of the I think the best patches is to sort of talk about money, where you know Paul goes back to the gospel, goes back to the grace that we received in Jesus. To really motivate and urge uh, that gospel generosity. Hmm. Yep, that's good. Now we're going to get one thing. Do you think this uh, the good clickbait name for this would have been fiscal responsibility? Do you reckon people <laughs> click on that? Anyway, uh, Scott, what is the one thing you want to say? Preach, pray, and pattern. I think Hurdy's given us a really a really good simple uh, model to uh, ensure that we don't get behind budget. Excellent. All right. What do you got in toolbox? Uh, we can see Andrew's uh, full video there if you want to go a bit more into details. We only played a short clip of it. 
just a couple of resources. There's a, a link to a giving booklet uh, that Grace uh, City put together. Uh, again, I think you know having sort of a stewardship resource or something that speaks about giving and and money is a really helpful discipleship tool. But it's really helpful just in giving people information in your church. So putting together a resource like that that uh, helps communicate uh, that regularly is really important. Uh, I gave a shout out to it before, uh, giving generously, uh, Rod Irvine. I'm going to give that shout out again. Uh, I think it's a great book. So if you haven't picked it up, you should pick it up. It's an excellent book. And the last one is a book called Gospel Patrons. So uh, it's an excellent book, and you can actually download the PDF uh, for free. I think it's a great book that just really opens up the Bible and shows a whole bunch of people who have been generous in the New Testament. Uh, and so I think it's a great book for sort of inspiring uh, people towards uh, generosity. So really helpful, simple book, easy to read, Gospel Patrons by John Reinhardt, and you can get it as a PDF. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us for this second episode of our Inspiring Generosity series. Join us next time for the last episode, which is running a giving series. You can do that uh, next week. Now, just let me remind you again of the Reach Australia National Conference. It's coming up in May, not too long away, 16th to 19th. You buy tickets now. The early bird is still there, but uh, get in soon because that will be closing. Anyway, I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.